It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is the Wrestling Inc. podcast live for your listening and viewing pleasure to end the hump day of the work week. Hello, everybody. I am Justin Labar here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast alongside my podcasting brother. He is a north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is former WWE referee for more than 20 years. WrestleMania matches to his credit and much, much more. He is the one and the only, the zebra, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Good evening, sir. Good evening, JL. Welcome back to both of us, I guess. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just the two of us tonight. Yep, just two of us. Issa, uh, your demon diva, is under the weather, so we wish her the best. Hope yes. she gets feeling better. I uh, hope she gets feeling better as it's a, a big, big weekend of wrestling to come. Uh, Friday, SmackDown uh, tape, but still airing. Uh, but then, of course, Saturday, uh, you have the big show in Saudi Arabia with Night of Champions and WWE. And, of course, her Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar both in action. So she'll be uh, sure attentive to that. And then on Sunday, we'll be talking about a lot here on this podcast, Double or Nothing. And followed by that is a Monday Night Raw. So a lot of wrestling. Of course, Wrestling Inc. is where you want to make sure you have your device bookmarked. Uh, news constantly, all day, every day being posted, uh, as well as um, all the different podcasts going on after the fact. Uh, so no shortage of content for you to enjoy uh, appreciate everybody who's starting to filter in on the live chat if you're watching live on youtube on twitch on facebook on twitter uh, and of course th to those of you checking out the audio after the fact we appreciate you as well wherever it might be that you are getting this podcast and whenever please shoot us a tweet let us know at justin labar at jimmy corderas where in the world are you carmen san diego where are you where are you what are you doing uh how are we helping you procrastinate or get through your day always love to hear it always love to shout them out uh, you know, very, very cool. Uh, it, it brings us all together, Jimmy. Absolutely, and that's the beauty about wrestling. It shouldn't be, divide people. It shouldn't. It should not choosing sides. It should bring everyone together like it used to. And I, uh, those that aren't into wrestling, well, you guys are missing out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Um, all right. So before we get into dynamite and Jimmy, I guess because this will be the last time you and I or uh, will be on well, this podcast at least. I don't know about you, but. Um, you know, I'll probably end up giving my Night of Champions predictions maybe Friday on SiriusXM's Busted Open, but I don't think I'll end up giving my my Double or Nothing predictions anywhere else. So I think as we go tonight through Dynamite and we kind of you know hit mm -hmm. each match that they're trying to promote to, we can kind of give our predictions of what we think might transpire uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas this okay. Sunday. But before we get to that and the, the comings and goings of Dynamite, let's talk about uh, something that happened inside of Dynamite that was uh, – you know, the biggest piece of news coming out of tonight it was long awaited, not necessarily a surprise, but certainly as we've discussed and we will do now again, uh, there was certainly scales to see what was going to be tipped right. which way. And that, of course, is AEW Collision. Last week, Tony Khan made it official that it was launching on TNT on June 17th, and he proceeded to uh, note several of the cities that are going to be hitting early on, several of them up in Canada. But, of course, the big mystery was where is the debut show Long rumor to be in Chicago at the United Center, but put on, but that announcement put on pause last week. Uh, again, much of the conversation about is CM Punk set to return mm -hmm. to AEW, uh, having last been seen last September uh, after the famous uh, press conference and then brawl out incident that took place in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So, drum roll, did, 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 Tony Khan tonight uh, on a pre-tape backstage announcing AEW Collision will take place debut in chicago at the united center on the 17th of june so jimmy uh, i guess without advertising the man himself you'd have to think that that is all but confirming 
that CM Punk will be returning to AEW television day. You would assume that, and but you know what? I, I, I hate to be the guy that says, don't assume. But at the same time, there was a backup plan in place, if I'm not mistaken, that if this ag- agreement with CM Punk didn't take place, they were going to use an alter- alternative uh, venue for their uh, debut show, if I'm not mistaken. Daly's Place in Jacksonville, which they obviously mm-hmm. they own, so they can just use Exactly. It. So uh, the fact that they're going to Chicago does uh, definitely put a big spotlight on the fact that maybe they did uh, solve problems, but what would have been even better, you're, you're making this a big announcement. Make the announcement that he is going to be there because obviously he's a big attraction for this company right now. And there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of scuttlebutt about, is this going on? Who's he, who's he got issues with? Does the locker room want him there? You know, all this back backstage, pull the curtain back, talk about what's going on as opposed to, Hey, I just want to see this guy. Why not put it out there and give it, you know, uh, it, it, promote it? You know, I, yes, I know it's a, it's almost, uh, well, a little under a month away. It's a couple weeks away, right? About three weeks. Oh, three, three, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks away, but three still, months. you know, put it out there and get some momentum going. So I'm torn. I, I partially agree with you and I partially disagree. I'm torn. They are, obviously, they announced this Chicago probably later than, what they wanted because mm-hmm. of what we've been talking about on these podcasts over the weeks. It seems like there was some, you know, are we good? Are we not good uh, with CM Punk and, and AEW? Uh, so I, I would imagine they wanted to announce Chicago probably weeks or they probably wanted to announce collision maybe weeks earlier. I, I would have to think, or at least if nothing else, I'll announce Chicago last week to give themselves one more week. You know, when they did the upfronts and, and made it public, they at least probably would have wanted to have the first episode location announced then. So, I agree with you on the one hand of, you know, get his name out there so you can move these tickets. And it's three weeks. I believe it is three weeks from the Saturday. Also, while he, while the, you know, rumor and just the assumption that he's going to be there will probably sell to that Chicago audience, you do have the weeks that follow. So it's like if Punk is not going to be surfaced and on to television and be made official until June 17th, until it airs live that Saturday evening, well, then you can't tell Regina and all the other towns that they're going to in the following weeks, you can't tell them until the 17th, hey, you're going to see CM Punk. So it do, it is going to make the rest of those other dates you know, not move tickets as fast. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about it a couple of days ago on, this, on one of these podcasts, how out of the gate, you know, the collision tickets weren't moving too too much, and and we talked about because there's nothing right. you don't know who you're going to see. The one, but the part I disagree though, Jimmy, is I will say this. Obviously, we've we've done this song and dance once where it was heavily believed Punk's going to be at that rampage at the United Center two years ago. It was never confirmed. It was like the worst mm-hmm. kept secret, and then they came on the air and they hit his music, and the place went banana. So I could make the argument just to spice it up and just to not just do the same old thing. And because we all are still there's still that doubt because there has been the controversy that's going on internally. It's kind of like, well, he's CM Punk. Anything could change. Like maybe the day before he has a blow up with somebody. And just because there's that guessing game, I would book this collision. If if they are determined to not announce him ahead of time and make people tune in to see uh, on that speculation, I would book it differently than how they did that rampage two years ago. I would not have Punk out there to the end. I would have people waiting and wondering going, well, you know, last time they started out with him or, we well, could have shown up here. Oh man, we got five minutes left. He hasn't come out yet, you know. And and, and you know, kick the show off with like a Chris Jericho. Kick the show off with with the Bucks. Kick the show off with somebody who he has been 
in that rumor mill linked with with, with some controversy and kind of mm-hmm. tease the audience throughout the night of, oh, I bet he's going to come out here and interrupt this person and then save it mm-hmm. for the – I mean, I think that would just be a creative way to hook this. If, if they're not going to announce him ahead of time, then that, that would be the way I would approach the, the night of – well, that, that, that's a good approach. Like you said, if they don't announce him ahead of time, but I, at the same time, I, you know, you can't, if, in my opinion, in the, it's a business and you want to sell tickets and you want, especially for the first episode of Collision, to look like a sold out arena or as close to it as possible. And without confirming the fact that he's going to be there and hopefully that he's thinking that people will assume that he's going to be there, it may not be enough. That's all I'm saying. So, but if they're, if they're, content on making it a surprise you know yeah. of course they'll get the reaction that they that they want but will they get the audience yeah. numbers that they want well yeah yeah right punk will be a this if they go this approach and truly wait until the 17th uh to have him on their tv um that will be a very interesting immediate bar- barometer again to see how big of a deal he still is from a ticket buying standpoint, because you'll be able to see, okay, here's how many tickets we have sold for the next four or five weeks for collision and then have him appear and then see what the tickets, see how much increase he provides. That will be mm-hmm. an interesting, um, a barometer to see, you know, is right. he, you know, is, is, you know, especially going to, I think these are mostly fresh markets for AEW. Right. You know, I don't think they've ran, right. you know, Saskatchewan and, 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 and some of these places. So, right. um, yeah, a lot to be watching here as we kick mm-hmm. off uh, the summer months for AEW. All right, so that was our uh, big news that we got is Collision in United mm-hmm. Center. And look, they're running Chicago a lot, too, because then the Forbidden Doors, like, I think not long, is was right around that same week, too. So uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot going on in Chicago for AEW. So, again, can they right. sustain? Mm-hmm. Can they sustain? All right. One thing they sustained is kicking off Dynamite uh, and having <laughs> Orange Cassidy in the opening match. They didn't, do, they didn't do it last week. we got to get back to basics here. Right. Your international champion, Orange Cassidy, up against Kyle Fletcher. He's from Aussie Open. You can see him in New Japan. Uh, they, they showed the clip a few weeks ago when he attacked Cassidy backstage, wanting a shot. So uh, piece, piecing together quickly the history in case you missed it. Uh, this match, Jimmy, uh, you know, they get a commercial, I believe, in the middle of it. Um, a lot of bumping, which I appreciate, guys. You know, they're working their ass off. But um, and, and, and I like this Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I like this facial expressions i thought he's real good telling emotion through his face which i think sometimes in the fast-paced world of aew that can get lost or not even just aew any wrestling that just subscribe has that general style sometimes facial expressions can get overlooked but i I like kyle fletcher's uh uh emotions it ends up being a counter that orange cassidy counters as they're struggling gets a Mm roll-up so it's an orange cassidy victory via a roll-up he defends the title kyle fletcher is later announced uh he and his partner who i don't have his name right in front of me i apologize are all elite, so they are the newest signings uh, to Tony Khan's uh, ever-growing roster. Uh, your thoughts on this opener and uh, and and Kyle Fletcher, who we we have not talked about a, a match yet on this podcast. No, I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, they uh, I was enjoying the match. I love the pacing. I love the uh, like you said the little things like the facial expressions, selling. The selling was good. They took their time. Um, they made stuff mean stuff. The only thing is, uh, look, I get it. You you know, doing big moves and kicking out of these big moves, but. We had what was it? A super stunner into a devastating DDT for a false finish, which was which looked impressive. Then we had what, two tombstones that uh, Fletcher hit on uh, on. Uh, yeah, on I mean, orange, and, and he kicked out of them. Yeah, you know, and stuff like that. And there was a Michinoku driver uh, off the ropes. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, and that for a two count, and then you know, 
the most devastating move in all of pro wrestling now seems to be the roll up. And, and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't connect for me. It, it, you lose me on that one after seeing all those devastating maneuvers. You know, I joke about the twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash being a false finish and stuff like that, but th- that's what it's turned into. And the roll up is a finish and I'm supposed to buy this, you know, it just, they, they lost, like I was enjoying the match. They had me invested some of those finish kicking out of those finishes. I was like a little bit, Oh, come on. Like, you know, I, and even then, after kicking out of those finishes, in my head, I'm going, I hope the finish is not a roll-up of some <laughs> sort. And guess what? Anyway, that's where they lost me, on the finish. Well, and the uh, AEW video game finally comes out uh, at the end of June. And I, I want to see what the roll-up uh, is rated on the uh, scale of 2-100. Uh, yeah, Rocky saying the roll-up is a deadly finish, 200%. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think you, know, you and I are on the same wavelength there. I mean, I, I thought – and the other thing, too, is it, it's even one thing. Okay, so if you're going to do, do this match that um, you, these guys are re- – I mean, are really kicking out of two and seven-eighths and, 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 and kicking out of some amazing things, okay, I'm not saying that match can't take place, but when you put it up as the opener – by the time you got to the main event, and this was the story for tonight, by the time you got to a main event, even commentary to a point is almost like desensitized. They're not they're not popping and selling things as big verbally on the mic as they were an hour and forty five minutes ago, because we've been it's already been out there. So it's almost like you know if if you want to have if you want to book a match that's going to have that kind of like tenacity and oh my god, can you believe he's still alive? Okay. But I would really let the show build to that. Um, so you know, again, putting that as the opener, um, and I and I think an, an opener is important. Important. I always say to you, mm-hmm. you know, and the opener is, is is the next most important thing behind the, the finish. Um, so you got to have a good open, but the good open does not need to have you know. I mean, the opening scene does not need to have the person get shot forty five times and still right. walking around. So yeah, because uh, you know it desensitizes the live audience there too, which affects its presentation on television because you when you get that loud reaction as we see a lot with the AEW audience live audience they help make the show yeah you know with their reactions uh, tonight they seemed a little at times desensitized yeah yeah and people forget when you go to dynamite you're also getting a rampage taping so you're getting right another hours worth of content being filmed and then whatever else they 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 if they roll out mm-hmm. spring of honor stuff or whatever else so yeah um but kyle fisher uh, fisher kyle fletcher uh he is uh now all elite so i do look forward to seeing a little bit more of him he's in his mid-20s as a cn and so i think he's got got some potential um uh so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that i believe uh we also popping up some free chats on the screen so appreciate those uh we had a super chat that we'll acknowledge terry allen jr uh terry Asking me to does um, do my daughters watch wrestling? Well, only only one daughter, um, and she, if she's in the room, she she likes seeing some big high spots and some cool things like that. You know, she is in all of the acrobat uh, acrobatic uh, aspect of it, but mostly her attention is if, if it's a wrestler that she's uh, got to meet. If it's somebody that that that's you know that I brought her around or something, she that, that's more exciting to her because it's seeing that person on television, which that's you know, she's never seen anybody be on television, so that's right. That's the excitement for her, but thank you for the question, Terry. All right, uh, we do see backstage. Good thing Renee Paquette mm-hmm. is fast. <laughs> she had to get out of there. She's interviewing Ricky Starks, and here comes uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson, Bullet Club Gold, and they beat down Ricky Starks. What, does nobody want to come to help Ricky Starks? 
He's in a yeah. constant two on one with these guys every week, and nobody's coming to. I mean, is is, is Ricky that that isolated in a locker room? It, it um, appears that way. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so Bullet and, Club, and, Bullet Club Gold, and Ricky Stark still feeding here. Yeah, it seems that way. The, the only issue I have is it, it seems to be too formulaic and happening too often, like the roll up finish we were talking about, where there's an interview going on backstage and then there's an interruption and a, and a physicality that happens. It happens far too often. So it's almost like every time they go backstage for an interview, you're expecting it. Yeah. You know, that's that's the only thing. I, I get that you're trying to further this rivalry along, but at the same time, come up with something different. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can't argue with you there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have to imagine that this is going to, I mean, I got to think somebody's going to help Ricky or, or, or what, what we're doing here, because I mean, he's had his, you know, he's, he's, we've seen him in the ring with these guys. And so we're still doing this. So, um, you know, not much more to it other than them beating him down and then just cutting a promo, mm -hmm. uh, you know, putting themselves over, putting bullet, bullet club gold over. So uh, right. we'll, we'll stay tuned and see. Maybe this is a feud that you could say, okay, this is going to be good for it. This is, this is where collision comes in handy because we can get some more time to flush some things out like this that's been lingering uh, around on Dynamite for some time now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right, FTRs in the ring. Uh, they're cutting the promo. They're trying to be in and out and then say uh, top guys out. They, uh, it was spicy what they mm -hmm. had to say. Uh, they first do put over kind of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal mm -hmm. saying they've been outsmarted by them, but they shouldn't be surprised because these two guys politic their way everywhere they go. Um, talking about uh, Jeff Jarrett broke a thousand guitars, <laughs> can't stay relevant. Calls them TNA rejects at one point, <clears throat> saying the sun's gonna uh, luck's gonna run out on Sunday. Uh, and then Mark Briscoe comes out and he asks Dax about the power bomb or uh, or file driver from weeks earlier. No shaking of hands, just slaps. But hey, Mark Briscoe also slaps Jeff Jarrett on the way out too. <clears throat> Mark Briscoe caught in the middle. Do you like it? Um. In a sense, I do, because he's not showing favoritism towards either side. If it looked like he was, it looked like he was going to side with, uh, I don't want to say side, but be anti-FTR because of uh, the pile driver. But then he also showed that, hey, he has not, uh, nothing but animosity towards, you know, Jeff Jarrett and, and the other side as well. So I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't become the overlaying factor in the story. If you know what I mean, mm -hmm. yes, I get it. It's a big deal to have uh, uh, Briscoe as the as the special guest referee or special guest enforcer, whatever you want to call it, uh, for this match. But at the same time, I don't want him being the story, even though he is involved as part yeah. of the story. If, it, if 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 you get my meaning, no, I do, uh, I do. Uh, Corey Pride, <clears throat> excuse me, Corey saying uh, for uh, he's going to buy the pay per view for this match. So um... interesting. That is interesting. Actually, that's not that's not me. I, I will tell you the match later when we get to it that has the mm -hmm. most intrigue to me of, uh, of 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 you know t talking me into the you know talking me into the seat. Um, right. Yeah, this is you know I love seeing FTR perform. Um, I'm fans of theirs. Uh, I, I'm still this match actually will do something to tell me how do I really feel about this Jeff Jarrett uh, stable. You know, I, this this match will be interesting to me of what it accomplishes and what it does. Um, what maybe will help me lean more definitively one way or the other of how I feel about, you know, Jared Lethal, Sanye, and and Satnam saying, um, you know, it was what it was. I'll be very interested to see what Mark Briscoe does. Um, but like you said, I don't want that to just. To, I don't want the whole. I don't want the entire thing to be like you know. That'll have its moment in the match. 
Right. But but don't let that be the only story that we're that we're focusing on. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, busting out. I mean, uh, talking about King of the Mountain, and call, you better mm-hmm. call up Dixie Carter. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, <laughs> just there's couple, some shot shots fired over the bow. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just a couple of years ago we had <laughs> AEW and TNA Impact appearing on each other's programming, and now mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're we're taking shots at, at TNA's past what do you I mean what do you think i mean obviously you, you worked at wb through the attitude era and, and and when the monday night wars was going on what do you what do you make of uh especially like tna tna while they never were the number one company you have you do have to acknowledge that if tna did not exist in the last 20 something years uh there's a lot of talent that the american audience doesn't get to start to fall in love with and, and you know and build support of so i always find it interesting that that impacts and tna still gets some some shots like this uh, yeah, like, you know, it's funny because they're the ones that are still around, too. Yeah. You know, like you said, and I think part of the reason why they're still around is they didn't look like they were trying to compete. They were doing their own thing. They concentrated on doing their, you know, putting on their show as opposed to saying, oh, we could do it better than these guys and we could do it better than these guys and stuff and trying to make it, uh, you know, a revival of the Monday Night War, so to speak, kind of thing. They just did their own thing. They concentrated on what they were doing. And, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, and, and people are going to read this wrong when I say it, stay in their lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do your thing and do it as best you can, and it will get noticed eventually. Yeah. Uh, Sads, Sadzilla. Uh, Super chat saying AEW really screwed up. Briscoe could have been an easy W. Um, that's that's a take, Jimmy. I mean, obviously, Mark Briscoe uh, had a ton of momentum. Sadly, you know, mm-hmm. right as his, as his brother passed, and he and he gets that um, big shine on Dynamite, and gets the really the entire wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's front and center that week to the wrestling world, and, and their condolences. Uh, do you think AEW should have done more after that to run with that momentum, or would that have been cheap? Uh, yeah, see, that's the question. That's, that's a fine line to walk. You know, you got to be careful how you, how you present it. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with Briscoe himself and what he feels comfortable doing. Right. You know, because I, you know, it's his brother and he'd want to honor him as best he could. And th- does that mean, you know, taking your time and doing it the right way or, you know, or was the right way to take it, you know, to do it, uh, then, so yeah. to speak, yeah. uh, it, it is a tough call. It, it, it all, it's all how he feels comfortable and what he thinks is respectful. All right. So, uh, for the match Sunday, mm-hmm. double or nothing FTR versus Jay lethal and Jeff Jarrett, Mark Briscoe, special guest referee. Uh, give me your prediction as, as, as simple or as detailed as you'd like. Yeah. Very simple. I think, I think FTR, uh, retains and I think Mark Briscoe plays a hand in it. Uh, unintentionally maybe, but uh, I think the, the heels, because they put over the heels and said, you guys outsmarted us this time, kind mm-hmm. of, so to speak. So I think uh, they've got something up their sleeve. I think FTR wins. I would agree with with that language as well. You know, that you guys outsmarted us and this and that. And, and also, I mean, Mark Briscoe has to have a factor in the finish, uh, but I don't, you know, kind of to the point right there of that super chat. I don't think the much of the AW audience wants to boo Mark Briscoe right now. Right. Uh, so uh, trying to have him do something, you know, trying to, you know, like if he, you know, he's not going to join Jared's group. I just don't think anybody's going to really jive with that right now. Right. So yeah, I'm going to say FTR retain as well with uh, maybe not Mark Briscoe hugging and kissing them, but, uh, but, but not screwing them. Let's put it that way as a referee. Precisely. Yeah. That, that's a good way to put it. 
Uh, Renee's backstage with Sammy Guevara, and we're going to see more of Sammy in, in a bit. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's just saying he's not going to lie down to MJF. He's not taking any money. He's going to mm-hmm. compete. The rich boy MJF cannot buy his way out of this one. So we'll just table that uh, mm-hmm. for what's coming later. We get a house rules match. Uh, house rules. Uh, 20 uh, count out. Uh, no rope break. DQs are enforced. Uh, opponents get to kind of pick. Uh, particular stipulation uh, and this one is the uh, house of black up against ar fox blake christian and uh metalik uh, who i didn't even realize was was wrestling for them it used to be of course grand metalik on the uh, mm-hmm. uh wb cruiserweight show right? what was that? Right. 205 live mm-hmm. um and uh there's basically no tag necessarily needed in this match is right. how they <laughs> how they they went into this uh, i gotta say i liked it was slightly different than the last time i really dug the lighting and the look I thought that they, you know, and, and WWE has tried this for years. They've tried with Bray Wyatt, and 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 they, they have had different characters. Sin Cara. They've tried different characters to have, you know, ambiance and, and special mood lighting for their match and their appearance. And I, there's always been debate of had they is it distracting? Is it whatever? I think this perfectly lit the talent so you could see them, but mm-hmm. still had a an ambi- a, 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 a horror ambience to it. I like that. So kudos to yeah them for that one definitely definitely and it 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 added to the mood especially on television it it came off very well on television i can't speak how it felt in the arena but i'm sure the audience there felt it as well yeah it looks great on television now maybe (laughs) maybe the ten thousand people there were blinded by certain lights i don't know (laughs) right but um but it did look good yeah it it looked good and the finish looked good this was a uh Mm -hmm. a triple play a hat trick whatever you want it to be of simultaneous submissions Mm-hmm. by all three House of Black members. So House of Black, finally getting some consistency in the booking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you know, you can call it whatever the stipulation was, is house, house rules, whatever. Yeah. yeah. What was it called? House rules. House rules match. Yeah. Uh, 20 count. I, it's, the, the funny thing is, though, I could have swore a while back, I heard that the rules in, in uh, AEW were a 20 count on the outside, not a 10 count. I, I, don't, I don't remember them recalling them. Uh, calling recalling it back, but anyways. yeah, we brought yeah we've talked about this before. It, yeah. Nobody's quite sure. There was, uh, and I know you mentioned Hebner too had yeah. some. Yeah, it's been yeah. There was debate of like I think there was like random debate of like early on in AEW like oh mm-hmm. title matches it's twenty, mm-hmm. other matches it's ten, but they never really yeah. gave us true clarity right. to that. And, yeah, and 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 it was it was a lot of a lot going on at times. It was it was kind of tough to to. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're trying to, you know, figure out exactly, you know, what to follow. But yeah. then, you know, and then at other times it made sense. I don't know. It just, it was, it was, it was all over the place and then it wasn't. Yeah, I think you look back to, uh, I think that was also in the early days of AEW in their infancy still. They were still just trying to figure out, and that was across the board. You would see some gimmicks, some storylines that were rolled out for a few weeks and then just disappeared. And, you know, I think that was part of that was part of the early growing pains of the company uh, doing right. a weekly show and, and trying to settle on, you know, what rules are we, what rules from, you know, hey, if some of our audience likes New Japan style, what rules are we taking right. from that, whatever. I think it, they had to figure out what's, 
what's going to work. And I think generally, you know, you're just better off just not applying the count out, which they do oftentimes, and trying to have a referee sell a 20 count because then that just gets mm-hmm. laborious. Right. Um, all right, MJF uh, comes out. It's time to do the hard sell. Uh, we did get some pre-tape promos throughout the night. Jungle Boy gives a babyface Robert Ross speech. Nothing really was said. This is the segment that truly matters, so this is the one we'll touch on. Right. Uh, MJF coming out to do the hard sell for his fatal four-way uh, title match, where, of course, he can lose uh, by not even being involved in the decision. As he comes out, he tosses water on Tony Schiavone's face. Uh, he cuts up. At first, he cuts up on all three opponents, uh, mocking them. Uh, and then he actually then puts them over, talking about all four being homegrown mm-hmm. and, and this and that. He says they are AEW. Uh, he says, uh, but frankly, he's tired of that. He's bored there in AEW. Uh, and, of course, reminds everybody and that Tony Khan knows that his contract is coming up. And, oh, how coincidental is it that I'm in a match where I could lose my title and, and not even be pinned. Mm-hmm. Um, out comes Darby. Darby says uh, he used to play it safe in life, but then eventually he stopped. He moved. To Atlanta, is living out of his car to make it in pro wrestling, and AEW came along and uh, saved his life and, and made his dreams come true. He says he wants to be the face of AEW, and he's going to take that world title to do so. MJF kicks him uh, low, and then Sammy Guevara comes out, runs MJF off, and as MJF is running off, Jungle Boy then hits him with a clothesline on the ramp. So everybody getting some face time here in this segment in front of the crowd. Uh, takes him because this obviously is – one of the big things that they are advertising and might be their main event that finishes the show. I don't know. Uh, thoughts on this segment first before we get into our predictions. No, it was a fun segment. It, it, it kind of helped uh, generate a little more interest in that main event. But my only issue is, uh, yes, uh, I, I like the fact that MJF, the the natural heel, put over the baby faces to a certain extent. But then, you know, of course, mention how much better he was in all of them anyways but uh you know that's that's what you get from from that kind of uh, a heel and he did a good job of that the only issue i have is going into this match on sunday do i actually yes there is the possibility that somebody else could come out as champion because mjf doesn't have to get pinned but at the same time can you see any of the other three guys right now being that guy to hold that title to be the face of that company that's my issue yes yeah, I mean, yeah, as we've been talking about, I think I noted the betting odds a few weeks ago that, you know, in theory, this is supposed to be the odds are stacked against MJF because mm-hmm. he's got to get he's got three opponents. But I said the actual betting line and odds had like gave the other three like no chance. Darby Allen had the highest chance and it was it was minimal. Right. Uh, so, yeah, and that's why I question, does it does this finish a show? Um you know, if they, if they, if, and I, and I don't think we're alone with this. I, I think that that's, I, I think people will enjoy the match for mm-hmm. what it could be. And right. I mean, for, you, you, of course, you know, there's triple threats and, and, and fatal fours are tough matches for talent to do. Um, it, there's a lot of, you know, things that have to be kind of accounted for. Uh, right. But if done right, there's a lot of potential. So I think mm-hmm. fans will enjoy it. But I don't think anybody's like like you know nobody's going to be shocked when MJF likely retains it. So is that a, a is that a big enough finish for this this grand show? Right. Um, unless somebody attacks him afterwards, unless the CM Punk emerges, unless uh, something like that happens, mm-hmm. uh, I would really, if I'm Tony Khan, question on putting this last. Maybe I, maybe I even yeah. kick the show off with it. I don't know. I, I I mean, but yeah, I don't think anybody believes that any of these other pillars are about to stop this run that MJF is on. I mean, if, no. you know, late, you know yeah. that's just, just putting it out there. No, I, uh, I agree. I, I totally agree. So, 
Uh, yeah, I'm, so we both agree, MJF probably retaining this at double or nothing. Um, what what's after that? Big question, because again, you mm-hmm. have the split of Collision. Is MJF going to be on both shows? Is he just going to be on one show? Is he mm-hmm. at Forbidden Door? Do, right. do we start to build and find out his opponent for the Wembley show? I mean, so all that. I'm looking past this fatal four. Right. That's my interest mm-hmm. with MJF. Right. I'm- all right. We get a brief pre-tape uh, of Wardlow and Arn Anderson uh, kind of mocking the fact that Christian Cage thinks that he is, uh, you know, one-upping them by making this a ladder match just because Christian mm-hmm. helped make ladders famous. And Wardlow and Arn just saying, imagine what Wardlow's going to do when he's got the weapon of a ladder to you. So very quick, uh, that's all we heard of for this match tonight. We did not hear from Christian or Luchasaurus. So let's go ahead and uh, make our predictions now. Uh, Jimmy, does your fellow Canadian uh, take mm. the TNT title from Wardlow? Uh, to be honest with you, they've dropped the ball with Wardlow for long enough. I hope he doesn't. And no offense to my fellow Canadian Christian, maybe Luchasaurus ends up uh, accidentally costing him or maybe not even accidentally cost him. Maybe he's upset that he didn't get the title opportunity. And, uh, you know, Christian is, uh, is looking for his help and at some point, and it looks like he gets it, but he doesn't. And, you know, in a change of heart, so to speak, Luchasaurus decides to uh, cost Christian the, the championship. But then again, winning in that fashion for Wardlow yeah. doesn't help him either. Yeah. I, I think I, that, that's right where I was going to counter to you too. Is that that doesn't that that, that just makes Wardlow look less than. So I, I would hope Christian's doing all of this, saying, "Look, let's use the gimmick I helped make famous. Let's do all this so I can help put you over." I would hope Wardlow goes over, and then maybe post match, or maybe not even post match. Let it just let it breathe. Let us all just remember. Actually, yeah, actually, I'm going to say this right now. Nothing happens at night. Just let Wardlow beat Christian. Mm. Let everybody just think about that for the next couple of days. Let that be the the, the, the parade we have. But then on Dynamite, have Christian attack a Beret Luchasaurus and say, where were you? Why why weren't you where you're supposed to be in that situation? What, what do you think I let you hang around me for? What do you think I pay you for? Whatever the case would be. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a better way to go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing you could maybe you, you can do one little thing at the pay-per-view is Christian, you know, maybe Luchasaurus is in the vicinity looking at him and going, come and help, come and help. And Luchasaurus just... Standing right. there watching. That's it. Giving you a re- giving you a reason to kind of cliffhanger, like, oh, I want to see them on dynamite now. Let's see what right. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Danny saying Wardlow should lose and then go after MJF. Nah. 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 Not, Not right yet. now. They they should have Not another yet. match. They, they they really didn't get to, you know, pay off <clears throat> a long standing storyline of Wardlow as the bodyguard, but not right now. Uh, or at least at least not in the fashion of Wardlow dropping the title just to go work with MJF. I, I think you know, especially with Collision launching on TNT, mm-hmm. if they are going to, you know, split any bit of the roster, it would certainly make sense to have the TNT champion as a regular on Collision. Then, uh, so right. that could be that could be his show to to kind of dominate, um, especially if he could be the highest ranking title holder. That's a male. You know, Jade's the for now the TBS champion, so she can again can remain on Dynamite on TBS. And let, let 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 MJF remain or whoever the world champion is remain on Dynamite again, just to give Collision and Wardlow and that TNT title some some extra cachet that, you know, this this yeah. is, this is the highest ranking thing that we the, the biggest prize we fight for here yeah. uh, on Saturday. Very well be, yeah. 
All right, we get uh, Taya Valkyrie up against Lady Frost, uh, one here from the Pittsburgh area, so uh, good to see her getting that TV time. Uh, this is all about Taya Valkyrie, though, on her path to Jade Cargo. Jade and company watching from the top of the ramp. Uh, Jade, I believe they said it's 60, you know, I think it's 60 wins now. So uh, arguably, I would have to say, though, Jimmy, this match that she's going to have this Sunday with Taya, the biggest challenge and the most believable threat to Jade mm -hmm. Cargo, would you say? Uh, yeah, the only thing is, and no disrespect here in this match to Lady Frost, but I thought Taya Valkyrie, although Lady Frost did get some offense in, which is fine, you know what I mean? But Taya Valkyrie needed to look even more dominant than she looked tonight. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think she took too long to defeat Lady Frost. She should have been a little more dominant and, and beat her in quicker fashion, just to make it look that much more intimidating for, for jade to, to to start maybe see that look on jade's face where she's going hmm you know not scared or anything like that but you know more along the lines of hey i better take this a little more seriously kind of thing yeah I agree. I, I wonder. I, I I thought too I was surprised Lady Frost got as much she as she did I was surprised the match got as much time. I wondered is this a TV form anything? Did like I, I don't know, like when they were putting the pieces together, did they I don't know, did they did they just say, look, this match is gonna have to go a certain distance, we're gonna have to put a commercial in there, and so therefore you you know, that's too long of a squash. Right. Um I, but I, I do agree for the go home show for the baby face who's supposed to be maybe the biggest credible challenger to the to this undefeated champion. Uh, it, she it did take her more work to beat even even the presentation of the fact that because I knew Lady Frost was uh, you know she's again like I said she's local so I've been seeing things here locally of people supporting her on social right so I knew she was on the card tonight right. when Taya came out and Taya's entrance of course was on TV I thought for sure okay Frost is waiting in the ring she she got the proverbial jobber entrance you know not right. on TV and no she came out second and got a full on <laughs> entrance with music and I was like whoa right. like. Right making her debut and, and getting, you know, I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty you know, surprising. And then, right. yeah, when we see the whole match, it kind of, uh, you know, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Lady Frost, they did show clip, had a, an awesome match on ROH. So, uh, getting the reps in in front of the crowd, uh, orange saying uh, long winded answers. Well, orange, when you do <sighs> podcasts and talk shows, one sentences, one sentence response tend not to be too interesting or provoke, provoke much conversation. So, uh, but it's okay. You, I'm the professional here. You're not. Thank Indeed. You. Indeed. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, maybe one of my favorite, favorite, uh, favorite, but also most surprising segments of the entire night, and that is the contract signing between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Uh, Adam Cole's out there with Roderick Strong. Chris Jericho's got all of the JAS out there. Tony Schiavone moderating. They all agreed to no, uh, no, no touchy, no physicality. Mm. Cole quickly signs. Uh, he proceeds to, you know, he, 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 at first he doesn't know why Chris Jericho did what he did by handcuffing him weeks ago and attacking Brett, but then he realizes it's because Chris Jericho thinks he's invincible, thinks he can get away with anything. Well, we'll see how he walks when I break your legs. We'll see how you write when I break your hand. We'll see how you talk when I shatter your jaw. Uh, all these fighting words. And then Jericho just poking at him a little bit more, shows the clip once again. And proceeds to say, look, you're such a coward. Look what happened to your girlfriend all because of you. Uh, they start to get in each other's face. Jericho noting it's five on two. And Adam Cole said, yeah, I thought ahead about that. I know that you play the numbers game. I called upon somebody who lives right here in Vegas. Homicidal, suicidal, genocidal. 
ECW legend Sabu. Didn't have that on your bingo card tonight, did you, Jimmy? And yeah. here comes Sabu in a suit, and he's out there, and uh, he does what Sabu does best. He uh, launches a chair into somebody's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where do you want to start with that? Oh, I don't know where to begin with this one because, for like you said, I love being surprised in a good way. And Sabu coming out kind of got me going. Instead of making me pop, it made me go, Sabu? Yeah. Why Sabu? I I get it. He's an ECW legend and he is homicidal, genocidal, suicide, whatever, you know, the, the, the saying goes. But at the same time, even the crowd, the crowd kind of popped, but didn't. They were kind of like, oh, yeah, Sabu. But you <laughs> can almost hear him go, why Sabu? Why Sabu? I know. You know what I mean? So it didn't get the response uh, that maybe they were hoping for. But... Uh, I don't know, and and again, we can we'll see how well he can go at the pay per view. Yeah, they they listen to me. That, well, the announcers kept saying he's in the corner of Adam Cole. <laughs> then the graphic they show when they're doing the hard sell, running down the card, it says Sabu's a special enforcer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they quite know exactly what he is. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky. I tried to just lose myself at the moment and just well, that's cool, Sabu. This is a nobody. This this. Mm-hmm. This surprise was not spoiled or out there anywhere on the internet. This is a, a genuine surprise. But then, yeah, I'm just like, all right, uh, Panama City Sunrise guy Adam Cole. When is he hanging out with Sabu? Right. Um, I, you know, I, you know, it, 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 you, you do start to think like, I don't know. And then, then it, yeah, that's when then then you deep you, you dig deeper into it, which is you know what, what we're here to do, I guess. And you know, we, it, it's obviously Tony Khan very well documented. Love the original ECW, so it's like. Is this a chance? Is this Tony playing with his toys? Right. Is this is it was this needed in this spot, Sabu? Right. But hey, I, I uh, Sabu aside, the animosity, mm-hmm. the tension, the just seeing the match, which I've never seen those two in a match, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. This would be the one that most makes me open up my wallet for the show. This to me, um, to see Adam Cole first time back in the ring in, in, in almost a year. The story they've been telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. uh, Sabu's a little bit of an intrigue now. Okay, what's Sabu going to do? Uh, mm-hmm. And because I, I I think that I, I think Adam Cole is maybe if he's not the next one, I think he's in the line of being the best credible, interesting challenger from JF. No, I totally agree with that. And like you said, it, 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 what they did here with the contract signing without getting into the, really the, the physicality of it, like you, you, you expect it to break down into, is – the the promo, I guess, for lack of a better term, that uh, that Adam Cole cut was incredible, and, and Jericho is just you know he he knows what to do all the time. It's just he's he's just a, a master at this point at, at getting in people involved with the intrigue. I like the fact that they got you back interested in this thing, and uh, I just you know I I, I just question the Sabu addition to this because you know why sabu it just feels out of place let's put it back that way yeah uh we'll see um yeah 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 he started saying lives here in vague i'll be honest when he first when he first said because what was he first say he first said i i knew what i had you know we knew he's talking about having backup mm-hmm. and called somebody and then he said somebody lives in vegas right and my mind immediately went to mike tyson my mind went to we're in Vegas, mm-hmm. wrestling fan. Um, I, I think he had said, I can't remember if he said it before or after lives here in Vegas, a guy I grew up watching, which mm-hmm. Adam Cole, Adam Cole and I are the same age. We would we grew up watching Mike Tyson 
you know, paper. So I, I, my mind went to like Mike Tyson is like coming out here, and then Tyson and Jericho have a, a history of if I do recall. So, so like that, that, like all really quick, all that stuff flashed really, really quick, and then yeah, all the more Sabu, but yeah, we'll see. Um, right. Adam Cole goes over against Chris Jericho, or does Chris Jericho find some dirty way to win? Um, I think that you could prolong this a little bit longer, and I think yeah, Chris Jericho will probably go over in some form or fashion in, in true heel fashion, and, but still do, do it in a way that Adam Cole looks like he got totally robbed. Yeah. I'm going to say Adam Cole gets the victory here. I think his first match back, I think he really, it's, it's important to get a win and important to get a win over Jericho. And again, I don't know if it'll be next, but I, I think from this point moving forward, Adam Cole needs to, I don't, I don't think he should be looking up at the lights at all. Uh, any losses he has in a match should be via tag match or something like that where he doesn't get the pin. I think, again, Adam Cole, keep the momentum. Don't screw it up. He could be a credible top-of-the-card world title. Uh, unless challenge. unless Sabu plays a part in this and goes to throw fire and, you know, Jericho ducks or something like that. Mm. You know, and you get a little – I don't know. There's, there's ways to do it, I guess. Yeah. Well, if they do that, then we got to see Sabu versus Adam Cole. I don't know if 58-year-old Sabu is getting ready to go out and <laughs> – you know, talk is about that next young. <laughs> I don't think he's sixty. No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, you know, like talk about talk about having expectation. If Sabu has a match, everybody has an expectation of what that match is going to be. I don't think Sabu's mm-hmm. doing that match anymore. Right. I don't care I how much. I don't care how big the check is. Tony Khan writes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, Roderick Strong. They ends up just transitioning to that after commercial. Roderick Strong takes on Daniel Garcia. Roddy hits his finish and gets a win. So Roderick Strong uh, coming in uh, several <clears throat> several weeks ago. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, has not looked weak. They have they have kept Roderick Strong on the forefront of their uh, dynamite booking uh, over the past month. Uh, were you surprised with uh, this result between him and Daniel Garcia? No, not really. And and I enjoyed the match. I thought they had a heck of a match. Both guys worked really hard, and they're building up Roderick Strong as as as, as a. I, I don't know if he's, you know, going to be more than just Adam Cole's partner or sidekick or anything like that. But, you know, this was a definitely huge step forward. And Dan- and Daniel Garcia didn't need this win. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Not at this time. No. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Roddy look, looking good. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if, again, if it's just by association of he's hanging around Adam Cole and <laughs> we can't have Adam Cole hanging around somebody that doesn't look good. I don't know. But, um, you know, good for, yeah. good for, good for Roddy mm-hmm. uh, in this stage of his 20-plus-year uh, career. All right, well, we get the main event of the night. It's a little odd, but there is sense to be made, kind of, of it. The execution was funny. So we have a Ring of Honor tag team title match. And we knew this match would be coming because several weeks ago on Dynamite, they, 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 this match got set up because of um, because of, uh, of the, the – I forget, forget what they called it, but it was a, but the, ca- the case of the fact that Claudia won. He got, he got the challenge for um, the Lucha Brothers tag titles in ROH. Uh, so that's our match. And now, it, again, it makes sense. You get Blackpool Combat Club out there. You figure this is going to lead to a brouhaha with um, with the elite and and their big anarchy in the arena match. Uh, it kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Uh, the young bucks appear and they end up preventing Claudio from getting in the ring, which lets uh, Penta and Phoenix get the win. Lucha Brothers retain their ROH tag team titles, uh, and then the Bucks run off into the crowd. Eventually, Brian Danielson comes down from commentary. Moxley appears, who he had went out there the whole time at all, uh, and then. There's no physicality. It's just the Bucks in the crowd, and then Moxie grabbing the promo just and, and hyping that this is going to be the bloodiest and most dangerous and make you squirm 
Madden. violent match ever in the history of <laughs> AEW, which, uh, well, that's a bar to exceed. Um, so like they do like a little promo to like go sell, but I really thought they would end with the physicality, but I guess they figure they've done as much physicality as they need to in all the weeks building, all the months building, really, that uh, we'll just talk people here for the final few minutes. Um, I don't know. It was a choice. I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but uh, this anarchy uh, in the arena match uh, with with these two teams, uh, given the situation of where we're at now, uh, is this is this an attraction for you at Double or Nothing? Uh, I, it, just out of curiosity, it is an attraction, but at the same time, uh, here's here's my thoughts. Uh, it's it kind of sounds like I'm getting away from what you're asking me, but at the same time, uh, it, it's all of it all together. It, it, why did the ROH tag team title match have to main event and the AEW show. Yes, I get you're trying to put the ROH brand over, but you can do that earlier in the show and end the show with something that uh, seemed more important, like the, the MJF interaction with the four pillars. If you put that on last, that makes it feel like the most important thing that's going on in the pay-per-view. Maybe you get people more interested in this match, but at the same time, it just makes me feel like this is the priority right now is this uh, anarchy in the arena match for them. This is what they're promoting most heavily. Well, and to my questions earlier about how I said, I don't know if the world title match with MJF, you know, if it's got enough predictability and, and whatever to, 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 to anchor and, and headline the show, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this is the clue that the fact they ended at dynamite with this tonight, uh, that they are going to end with the anarchy in the arena. Um, can you can you imagine if they ended the show tonight with the, the way they ended that segment with Jungle Boy holding hmm. the AEW World Heavyweight Championship and go off the air like that? That that I think would have people talking more, yeah. in my opinion. But anyways, and getting people thinking, hmm, interesting. It might, but I but I but I would say that that it would then be kind of weird. If they did that, it's like okay, well now you've now you're really committed. You got to put that title match last in Double or Nothing. And again, I just don't know if that's a strong ending. So it would be weird if they ended Dynamite with that, that with what you're suggesting with you know Jungle Boy doing that. But then if it if they put it anywhere else on the card Sunday, then it looks I don't know. I, I right I, th- this Double or Nothing is intriguing in several for several reasons, but not all of them mm-hmm. the reasons I think they intended it to be. Right, like I said. Cole Jericho, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wardlow Christian, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, to see MJF perform in the X's and O's of that match, intriguing, but you know, not seeing any kind of a mm-hmm. surprise finish. Um, you know, Jamie Hayter is also taking on Tony Storm. That's one that we didn't really get to talk about. They just kind of briefly did a quick video mm-hmm. uh, on that. I think Hayter holds on to it. I think. I think so too. I think, but you know, she did have an injury recently, and they seem to really be pushing this whole outcast thing. So. Right. I think, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna place any bets. Another on that one. Another heel champion. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. That that would be true. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was dynamite tonight. So uh, double or nothing going into Sunday again. This is that is you know this is the this is where it all started. That's their first big show that kicked AEW all off. Um. I I I think that definitely not the biggest double or nothing on paper. That they've had in recent years since its inception, maybe the performance can surpass it. I think having you know the debut of Collision in a couple weeks and all the controversy and intrigue surrounding that, plus Forbidden Door, plus the the uh, the, the big show in Wembley, I, I think it's almost kind of made Double or Nothing just kind of a little bit in the way, so to speak. Yeah, especially so. 
especially like you said, with the Wembley show and, and, and how it's uh, taken off so far that it just feels like it feels like a bigger deal. Yeah, I know it does. It really does. It absolutely. does. Uh, Corey asking, take the strap off of Jade. No, I wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. they've gone, um, they, look, they've gone this long with her and, right. and 60 wins. And I'm, I assume that she's training and constantly improving when we're not seeing her on TV or, or what have you. So, I think Ty is the biggest threat to her so far. Mm-hmm. So this might be the chance. This might this is the biggest challenge for for Jade, both in storyline and in real life, to like show up. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that you need an even bigger, more higher marquee deal of for Jade for, for, to, of a match for it to even be considered the one that she gets dethroned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know when it started, I thought, oh, this is going to lead to her and Britt Baker down the line or something like that. And, you right. know, I, I think you really need to build to something like that. You know, this is kind of it's on the card, but it's on like the bottom third of the card. Right. I think it would need to be a little bit higher up um, and really have you really have you second guessing. Like, is this finally the time? Are we finally going to see it? Yeah. So, no, I hear you. No, I hear you. Um, for, for somebody you know, for somebody who gets compared uh, by big AEW fans as Jade's run gets compared to like Goldberg and right. stuff like that. Uh, I was there in DC at that star cave when Goldberg lost that title left at it. And, and you, you felt it in the air in the, in the days and, and that day leading up that like, I think this might finally be it. You kind of felt like the magic was wearing off. It, it, you, 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 you threw that name out there and it, and it made me think uh, it, if, Adam Cole said he called somebody on the phone, not necessarily living in Vegas, and it ended up being Goldberg coming out. What kind of a reaction do you think that would have got if it was Goldberg oh instead God. of Sabu? Uh, if it was Goldberg, we would still be on Super Chats uh, talking. Like, we wouldn't have even got through, like, half the show yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what that would have been. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm just saying. That well, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, look, as you say that, and this is kind of a fun way to end the show here as we wrap it up. Uh, as you say that, I'm still in strong belief that sooner than later we will see AW or we will see Goldberg in an AEW ring, and that Wembley show might oh. be a place to be. So, uh, so as we ran, as we just went through all these predictions of what happens on Sunday, and then we're trying to figure out, okay, where's where where do these stories and these characters go after that, and into this line of shows that we just talked about the summer? I think mm-hmm. keeping a fantasy booking spot of where Goldberg could be inserted is realistic. I really do. But based mm-hmm. upon the comments that he's made recently and, yeah. you know, he's, he doesn't – he still feels like he has more to offer and apparently it's not going to be with WWE. Right. Um, you know, the only other place that can afford him that's going to – and it's also going to give him the platform that he wants uh, mm-hmm. is AEW. Exactly. So Exactly. Again, uh, good I, yeah. this is the wrestling business for Goldberg. I yeah I I you know look part of me part of me loves the idea of like a Wardlow versus Goldberg and like Goldberg doing like the old time honor tradition thing and like going mm-hmm. out, if, if it is a retirement match going out and putting over a young guy, but mm-hmm. I can also see Tony Khan not wanting to book Goldberg as a on the heel side of things and right well even if even if the crowd buys it so maybe it's maybe it's you put Goldberg in a tag match where he's protected and doesn't have to do as much maybe it's next to a Wardlow if Wardlow looks like a young Goldberg. Maybe you put them with Goldberg, and then you find a really good tag team to have them again. You know, but, but I it, any which way you want to you want to you know spin it. I think that sooner than later we're going to see Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg's going to be all elite sooner than later, if, if not for, if for nothing else for one big match. There you go. So we'll see. Uh, again, as we promoted at the beginning, and I close with this: tweet us. Let me know. 
Uh, your predictions for double nothing. Let us know what you agree or disagree with what we said. Let us know. Is Goldberg going to be coming to AEW soon? Is CM, how, how would you book CM Punk at Collision? All the things are fair game that we talked about. Love to hear uh, your feedback and your ideas. Tweet me at Justin Labar. He's at Jimmy Corderas. Again, uh, busy, busy week on the Wrestling Inc. channel. I, unfortunately, will not be back with you until Monday. Uh, I think Jimmy will be with you Saturday after Night of Champions. Don't know who else is going to be rounding out the cast, but it's sure to be good. They're all good. Um, but, yeah, constantly make sure you hit subscribe, follow, whatever the platform calls for that you uh, enjoy this podcast. Do that. Make sure you don't miss a single episode that drops here on Wrestling Inc. almost every single day. Uh, and then, you know, God, with Collision being added soon, it's, I think it is right. going to be every day. Yeah. Um, so much content. So much good stuff to talk about. What a world and what a time we are living in. Uh, Jimmy, give me the plugs. Uh, like you said, on here on Mondays, it's Triple J with you and, and Jack. And then usually on Wednesdays here, we have Isa with us. And tonight, unfortunately, hope you get, hope you get well soon, hon. All right. And uh, you can catch me on the Refnit Up podcast with my good brother and Stripes, Brian Hebner, that drops every Wednesday with our host, RJ, who does a wonderful job. And uh, this week we have... A nice conversation and chat with none other than Raj Giri joined Ooh. us to talk about the Wrestling Inc. Web, website and the origins of it and, and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, also you can catch me doing my ref and rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Wednesday. And like I say, I critique not to tear down, but to help tighten screws in my opinion. Yeah, uh, very good stuff. I, I realize actually there is a super chat that I did not get to. I apologize, Sadzilla, that snuck through the cracks. Yeah. Uh, he's talking about back when MJF was putting over the pillars in that promo. He said that MJF did a better job putting them over than AEW. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, he said, especially after the Jungle Boy versus Roosh match. So, mm. all right. So, okay. uh, some hot takes to nice. close the show out from the Super Chat. Uh, yeah, he's uh, at Jimmy Corderas. I'm at Justin Labar. Um, catch me again, I believe, this Friday morning. Busted Open Radio. Spar with Labar, myself, Dave LaGreca, and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I believe I will be giving my night of champions predictions there. And then I'll be back on Monday night uh, with Triple J as we talk about uh, what what should be a very interesting Raw because it'll be the Raw with all the fallout from Night of Champions. So certainly going to be no shortage of things to talk about on that Mm -hmm. night and whatever other news has dropped by then. Uh, Big thanks to all of you uh, in the chat, whether it was uh, just a chat or a super chat or whatever the case may be. Tell a friend about this podcast. You tell a friend, they tell a friend. Uh, This all grows it's all good. Uh, thank you. Thank you to Jimmy again. Get well to Isa. And I hope everybody has a great night. And we will talk to you next time. Be good.